Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. What a fun day. Uh, it is to be with you as we lead into, uh, some would say probably one of the most exciting weekends in all of sport when you get into the divisional rounds of the NFL playoffs and, uh, and arguably the best eight teams still standing considering that they made it through wild card weekends. And, uh, we've got some really, really phenomenal games on tap. Obviously later on this afternoon, 4.30 is kickoff. You've got the Vikings going up against the 49ers and then the one that I'm probably most excited to watch and that's the Tennessee Titans and the Baltimore Ravens just because, uh, uh, my love and my infatuation for uh, for Lamar Jackson and this Ravens team. I just think that they're absolutely unstoppable. Then, of course, tomorrow, 3 o'clock, the Texans and Kansas City. And then at 640, Seattle and Green Bay. Off, off, um, also, we have uh, a new coach hiring, as we know, for the Giants. Joe Judge, now the 19th head coach in the history of uh, the franchise for the Giants. But beyond just Joe Judge getting hired, I do want to dive into that this first hour. Um, there's been a lot of talk uh, and a lot of disappointment across the board in regards to the lack of minority hiring when it comes to the head coaching position. And one of my dear friends who uh, does a phenomenal job covering the NFL and has for many years and is on top of this topic uh, is Jim Trotter. He works for the NFL Network and he's going to be joining us in about 30 minutes. So we'll, we'll, the first hour of the show, I do want to spend on the hiring of Joe Judge. I think the bigger question moving forward is, and I think the most important questions moving forward is who's going to be his OC, who's going to be his DC. I think that's going to be key to his success. Uh, and also I want to dive into the landscape of the NFL and the lack thereof minority hiring, uh, which I think is is really, really a very sad state of affairs when it comes to the NFL. And then as always on Saturday, Cynthia Freeland is going to join us at one thirty, and then Warren Sharp will join us at 2.15, two of the best analytical minds in the NFL who will join us and uh, break down all these games. And of course, if you know anything about me, I'm all about trying to help people win money. Um, so we will break down these games in a number of ways in regard to spreads, over-unders, prop bets out there, and all that good stuff. But on a very serious note, and I'm going to try not to get emotional because it's just who I am. I can't help it. But um, some very sad news. And if you listen to my show and if you've listened to my show um, for the past three years that I've been here on 98.7 ESPN, um, I have a frequent caller. Who calls in? His name is Jimmy in Rockland. And um, his name is James Barash. And unfortunately, he passed away of a heart attack on Tuesday. And um, just very sad on a number of levels. Um, because he was just such a really, really nice guy. Um, period. Um, he was such a huge fan, not only of my show, but of this station and this network. And he listened all the time. And I just felt like every time he called in the show, he always asked about my mother and he always asked about my dogs. Um, he was a huge Jets fan. He was a huge Islanders fan. He was a huge golf fan. In fact, that's how I met Jimmy and Rockland. And I'm going to rewind because Nikki and, and Ty, they're producing the show and you guys weren't here when this happened. And Nikki, you might be concerned for me when I tell you this story. So Jimmy and Rockland called in one day. Well, actually, he had called in a lot and he was trying to get me on a golf course. 
and I blew him off, blew him off. I'm like, who's this? Who's this listener calling in trying to get me to come play golf with him? This is crazy. Anyway, after like a year and a half of him trying to get me to get out on a golf course, I finally obliged. And one afternoon, I went out to um, play golf with him at Hollowbrook Golf Course, where I met Steve and Jackie Torso, and they're the owners of Hollowbrook Golf Course. But I went out there alone. And Hollowbrook is over there. It's like by Sleepy Hollow. So callers were calling into the show concerned for me. Like, Anita, you're crazy. You're going to drive all the way out to like Sleepy Hollow and go play golf with a stranger you don't even know. Are you nuts? I said, listen, I'm going to be out there with like a seven iron, right? Like, if anything happens, at least I'll have like a bag full of weapons with me. I think I'm going to be okay. So long story longer, I show up. Jimmy's out there. He's got one of the uh, uh, Rangers coaches out there as well who came to play golf with us. And of course, I I, that, I had the pleasure of me, meeting uh, Jackie and Steve Torso who own Hollowbrook golf, cor- golf Course. And we had a phenomenal day playing. And um, that was my first really opportunity of meeting Jimmy. Um, never played golf with him again after that, but I spent a lot of time uh, playing golf at Spook Rock. And Jimmy is very well known in that area. Uh, at Spook Rock. And so he'd come out on occasion when he heard that I was teeing it up at Spook Rock on like a Thursday or a Friday, and he would come out just to say hello. And um, again, it's just, uh, he, w- he would have been 53 today, by the way. Um, today would have been his 53rd birthday. And so um, I just want to dedicate the show to Jimmy and Rockland, because he was such a special human being, and he was such a special individual. And um and he was a really fun part of my show when he'd call in on occasion. Um, Scar Funeral Home is, uh, is, is where his services are going to be. Nothing has been arranged yet. But this is what also I love <laughs> about Jimmy and Rockland is that his family is suggesting that if anybody wants to make any type of donations, to please make donations to any animal shelter or rescue organization um, that you like. And uh, make it, please, uh, under his name, James Barash. And, of course, we have several here in New York, the North Shore Animal League, the Humane Society in New York and New Jersey, Happy Paws, the 11th Hour Rescue, North Star. There are a ton here in our area. So um, at the top of each hour, I'm just going to mention Jimmy and Rockland and let folks know that this show is in honor and in memory of him. And what a special individual he was, and um, and if we could all just pay it forward. So, uh, I'm going to be with you for the next three hours. We're going to talk a lot about the NFL. Let's take a quick break. We come back. I do want to dive into the hiring of Joe Judge, the new head coach for the Giants. I'll give you my take on the hire. I actually think it's 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 a good hire. I think it's a very risky hire. I think it's a really risky hire, but. It could really work out for the Giants, and I'll tell you all the reasons why. Also, he spoke with with the media. I know a lot of folks out there were just absolutely thrilled uh, with his press conference. He came in uh, extremely confident, um, but that's what you want from a head coach. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We've seen a lot of young 
coaches in the NFL have success as of late. And and you hear me talk about millennials, and I, I'm not going to say anything negative, Ty. Ty gets mad at me when I diss millennials. I'm not. All I'm saying is we live in a world right now where your professional athlete is a millennial. And so I, I think one of the biggest keys in hiring coaches, whether it's the NFL, Major League Baseball, hockey, basketball, is, is being able to relate. It's, it's, it's a new breed of human. Let's be honest, um, especially for all you uh, business owners out there. You know what I'm talking about. And there's a special way of communicating and understanding and, and, and relating to millennials. And, and so that's first and foremost. Um, so the age really I don't have an issue with. What we do know about Joe Judge is he – you hear this all the time, right? Like he comes from this tree. Like what tree does he come from? OK. Well, we know Joe Judge comes from the Nick Saban and Bill Belichick tree. Spent I want to say three years, I think, two or three years in Alabama and uh, and then, of course, eight years with the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Uh, he was the special teams coach and this past season was elevated to Patriots wide receiver. And from what I understand in talking to a few people, that was kind of a move that Bill Belichick wanted to make to help him – Try to get um, a head coaching job, whether it would be this year or next year. Now, keep in mind, you've got a Ravens team with John Harbaugh, who I think are going to win the Super Bowl this year. John Harbaugh came from the Philadelphia Eagles as, that's right, special teams coach. So not to knock a special teams coach or not to knock a guy who's never had head coaching experience before because the Ravens hired John Harbaugh and the Ravens are potentially about to hoist their second Lombardi trophy with John Harbaugh as their uh, as their head coach. So I don't have a problem in regard to that. Now, considering that he did not have head coaching experience, I think it's really, really going to be key for him to bring somebody in, whether it's the offensive coordinator or the defensive coordinator, coordinator that has had head coaching experience. When John Harbaugh was hired by the, the Baltimore Ravens, I was actually in Baltimore. So I was in Baltimore for four years, two years with Brian Billick, two years with John Harbaugh. And when the switch was made, um, Rex Ryan was trying to get a head coaching job. And Steve Bashotti, owner of the Baltimore Ravens, uh, felt that if Rex Ryan did not get a head coaching job, that he had told uh, John Harbaugh that he had to keep Rex on as the defensive coordinator. But John went out and hired Cam Cameron who had head coaching experience with the Miami Dolphins to come in and be his offensive coordinator. And if you don't forget, uh, they went out and they drafted Joe Flacco. And so it was kind of like they drafted Joe Flacco. They brought in Cam Cameron and John Harbaugh took over as the head coaching position. And that was a really big key. So I, I guess I share that story with you just to say where we are right now with this, this, this coaching search and what's happened with the Giants is I think it's really, really important moving forward that Joe Judge is – very smart, wise in regard to the staff that he builds around him. Um, now, what do we know? Like there is talk and speculation that the Giants were going to bring in Jason Garrett and have Jason Garrett be the offensive coordinator. But right now, I don't know how I'm, th- those rumors have died down a little bit. Does Jason Garrett want to go from being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys for so many years to come in and be an offensive coordinator underneath a 38-year-old Joe Judge? Considering it's the Giants, maybe. I mean, as we know, he has ties here. He was backup quarterback here for a few years. But Freddie Kitchen's name has surfaced. Freddie Kitchen, as we Freddie Kitchens, as we know, head coach of the Cleveland Browns, and uh, Joe Judge and Freddie Kitchens have relations uh, from Mississippi State. 
In fact, Joe Judge, there was a possibility that Joe Judge was going to be hired as the new head coach of of Mississippi State before he agreed to take on this position with the Giants. Um, And then there's also the fact there's also the the ability to keep Mike Shula. Now, from what I understand, Joe Judge is meeting with the current staff, Pat Shermer's current staff, to decide who he's going to keep, who he's going to let go. Apparently, it's being reported that he's going to keep the special teams coach. Um, but interesting to see what happens. And and here's another thing: like you know, I, I think it's because Daniel Jones is in his second year, his comfort, his comfort, he's so comfortable with Mike Shula. Does that does that and, and you the the post game not the post game but the postseason interview with uh, with with Daniel Jones you could t- see how upset and disappointed he was that Pat Shermer was let go but is that something that Joe Judge wants to do is is to keep Mike Shula here does he plan to bring in Freddie Kitchens now listen I don't want to sit here and judge Freddie Kitchens on the debacle that took place in Cleveland it's one thing to be a head coach it's another to be a coordinator there's just some men that aren't built to be head coaches in the NFL. But there are some men that are out there that are actually horrible head coaches, but fantastic coordinators. And that very well could be the case with Freddie Kitchens. There's a report out there that the Cleveland Browns in their decision-making process uh, in in appointing Freddie Kitchens as their next head coach, I guess six people voted on it and uh, four of the six voted yes for Freddie Kitchens. Two did not. And as we know, Baker Mayfield was had a, a really big voice when they let Hugh Jackson go and Freddie and, and he and it was evident that Baker Mayfield wanted Freddie Kitchens in there. So I just share that just to say that, again, some men are phenomenal when it comes to being offensive coordinators and just not great when it become, when it when it's about being head coaches. So we'll see. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to poo poo. I guess what I'm saying is I don't want to poo poo the thought of Freddie Kitchens coming in here based on what we saw happen in Cleveland, because that's a, that's that's a whole different scenario. That, that's all I'm saying. Um, and then you've got to think what's on the defensive side of the ball. Here are some names out there. Wade Phillips was just let go by the Rams. Could he be a good candidate to come in? Boy, you want to talk about want to talk about experience. Capers, Dom Capers is out there. How about Pepper Johnson? Pepper Johnson, he's now with the XFL, but he was. But keep in mind, he was with the Patriots and actually was with the Patriots with Joe Judge. And I hear great things about Pepper Johnson. Um, I I, I was reading Steve Bishotti. That's uh, not Bishotti. Uh, Steve Belichick, uh, Bill Belichick's son, who there are some reports out there that he was calling a lot of the defensive plays. Um, this year for the Patriots. I just don't see Bill Belichick letting his son leave New England to come to the Giants. And then there's Chris Richard, who actually interviewed for the head coaching position. As we know, he's part of, he was part of Jason Garrett's staff that is no longer because now it's Mike McCarthy. Could that be a guy that the Giants uh, reach out and say, hey, come on, bring in? Also, what we're hearing is Joe Judge is going to be have the final say in regard to his staff, and rightfully so. He should. But again, I, I think it's really, really, really important that whoever, because he does not have any head coaching experience, I think it's really important that he does bring in either an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator or even both that do have one or, or, or both that do have head coaching experience. I really think that's going to be important. And then who's going to be the quarterback coach? I think that's significant, especially with the development of Daniel Jones. So here, here's my take on, on Joe Judge and, 
you know, I, I'm sure and, and I know in listening to Sports Talk Radio, there's a lot of disappointed Giants fans out there that Mike McCarthy did not come here. He went to the Dallas Cowboys or Matt Rule. Look, <laughs> Matt Rule, are you kidding me? Can we marinate in the fact that dude's making $70 million in seven years? I'm sure that there's Giant fans out there disappointed that the Giants organization uh, missed out on McCarthy and Rule. But I'm not. I like what I hear about Joe Judge. Um, he, he meets the, the ear and eye test in regard to the press conference that we, that we heard. And I'm going to play clips from that for you, uh, during the show. But here's, here's, here's my take in regard to a head coach. The responsibility of a head coach is to be a leader of men. And in listening to the press conference with Joe Judge, you know, I, I think I think I think the Giants really knocked it out of the ballpark. Like and I'm curious, eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. I do want to hear from Giants fans out there. In listening to that press conference, did you did you not feel like you wanted to like run through a brick wall for him? Now again, Nikki and Ty are producing the show. Were were either of you here uh, the day that uh, Joe Judge spoke to the media? Did you guys? No, I saw it, but you you saw it, yeah. And you're, did you not feel like I was home? I was working from home. I had it on my TV. I th- even even my dogs were captivated. Like like my dogs were like kept on looking at the TV. They while. were they were both ready to run they were through. Bark- they were barking. Brick walls. Yeah, they they were barking. Their tails were wagging. The hair on the back of their butts were standing. I I mean they they even got a little emotional. Listening. They understood everything he was saying. Listening to Jim. it resonated with them. Yeah. Yeah, they. I was. I they, was. They speak English. I was not ready to run through a brick wall. It you, was a you, you know, were not typical press conference, a bunch of googled cliches that you think would resonate with the fan base. It, it didn't really do anything for me. I actually found it kind of pathetic, if I'm being honest. Really? Yeah. Wow. Pathetic. Yeah, it was cringing. All right. Well, let, let's listen. Let's do this. Let's let's listen to some of the sound bites. Okay, uh, so this is when he was asked to, to describe his coaching style. I think you have to describe coaching style like you describe your team. Smart, tough, and fundamentally sound. Now, again, I, uh, what I'm understanding is that a big reason why the Giants hired him is he came highly recommended from both Nick Saban and Bill Belichick, specifically Bill Belichick. Which, by the way, did you guys see the report out on CBS right now that Bill Belichick withheld um, Josh McDaniels? And the fact that the, the Patriots were kicked out of the postseason so soon, Josh wanted to move up his interview times and Bill wouldn't let him. And there's talk and speculation that Bill did it strategically because he wanted Joe to get the job with the Giants. I think that's interesting. Here's Joe Judge in regard to his time that he spent with both Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. Well, I'll tell you what, working with Coach Saban, it's like drinking from a fire hose. It wasn't one lesson I learned, but it was that every time he talked to the staff or talked to the team, it wasn't about what to do. It was how to do it, what it's supposed to look like, and why it's important. And I think I took the big picture right there in instructing in that players need to know not only what to do, but how to do it, what the end result should be, and then why it's important. And what you find out with players is when you explain the why to them, above all, you find out that as players they can make an adjustments in-game and sometimes find better techniques to get the job done. And as a coach, you'll learn a lot more from the players when you build up their ability and versatility to think on their feet and make adjustments as the game goes. More from Joe Judge on what he wants his team to look like, the identity 
of the Giants team moving forward. I want this team to reflect this area. I want the people that pay their hard-earned money in the neighborhoods of New York, North Jersey, South Jersey to come to our games and note the players on the field play with the same attitude they wake up with every morning. That is blue-collar. It's hard work. It's in your face. We're not going to back down from anybody. We're going to come to work every day and grind it out the way they do in their jobs every day. And they can invest their money in our program knowing it's worthwhile. They put a Giants uniform on. They put a Giants hat or jersey on that it's not representing just the 53 on the field, but it's representing their neighborhoods, their communities, and their families with the values they have instilled in their children. So... Let's just marinate in all that for a minute. Obviously, what else is he going to say? He said all the right things, but here's another thing. You didn't get that when Ben McAdoo walked up to the, the podium. In fact, what did you get? You got Ben McAdoo in a suit that didn't fit. Sorry, if I'm his wife, I'm like, sweetheart, you are not leaving the house like that. There is no way, no how. I am not going to be embarrassed. I, 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 like, that was, that was ridiculous. For the Jets, you had Adam Gase, who had crazy eyes. I, I, okay. And Pat Shermer didn't address the Giants fan base media with this type of chutzpah. I'll say chutzpah. I use the word chutzpah. Like, we could sit here and we could say, oh, well, what else is he supposed to say? And he said all the right things. Okay. Well, here's Shermer didn't. Ben McAdoo didn't look like he fit the position. And Adam Gase, I mean, it, God, it just, he looked crazy. So, one up for Joe Judge in regard to the presser, okay? Now, granted, jury's still out. But the, the job of a head coach, in my opinion, is to be a leader of men. And I like what I've seen so far. And I want to believe that the due diligence that John Mara, Steve Tisch, and Gettleman did in, in hearing how Bill Belichick was a big part of um, giving his full approval and, and really telling the Giants, you really need to hire this young man. He's going to be special. He's been on my staff for so long. He's got what it takes. He's got the it factor, all those things. So I know this is a huge risk-reward hire for the Giants. I get that. And the next step and the probably some the most important, I, I think, moving forward is Selecting his staff, specifically his offensive coordinator and his defensive coordinator. Um, but I, I, I'm, I don't have a problem with this hire. I really don't. And I, I know a lot of Giants fans do because they're disappointed in the McCarthy and they're d- disappointed in the rule. But sometimes just because you don't know a guy, you haven't heard a lot about a guy, doesn't mean that he's the wrong choice. And I want to give Joe Judge a chance. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Giants fans, how do you feel about it? Uh, Jim Trotter is going to uh, be joining us next. Um, I want to go beyond just the Giants search and look at the landscape of the NFL uh, because I, I think the NFL has a really, really big problem here, and that is the lack of minority hiring. There's only three African-American head coaches in the NFL. That's Tomlin with Pittsburgh, Anthony Lynn with the Chargers, and Brian Flores with the Miami Dolphins. 32 teams, majority, would you say 80 85%? of the players in the NFL are African-American. Uh, the representation is just wrong on so many levels. Again, if you were not tuning in earlier uh, today when I opened up the show, I'm going to make a mention at every hour. Um, some very sad news for us. Jimmy and Rockland, who was a big fan of the show and called in frequently, his real name is James Barash, unfortunately passed away Tuesday of a heart attack. 
He was uh, he would have been 53 today. Today would have been his birthday. So I'm 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 dedicating my show to him. I'm, this show is in his his honor. Um, and uh, his family has requested any donations you want to make in his name, James Barash, uh, to any animal shelter or animal rescue uh, would be appreciated. And of course, we know we have several here in the New York area, the North Shore Animal League, Humane Society, Happy Paul's North, uh, North Star, 11th Hour Rescue. Jimmy was a used Jets Islanders and golf fan. I met him playing golf at Hollowbrook and he called in the show frequently and he was just a very special human being. And so we are honoring him today. God bless. Godspeed. 800-919-3776 is the phone number. Let's continue with your calls. Um, let's go to, uh, is it Amika? Am I pronouncing that properly? Ameka. Ameka, welcome in. Yeah, Ameka. Yeah, Ameka, perfect. Hey, Anita, how you doing? Hi. Hi. Um, I have a, I think I have a different take on um, the uh, the selection of the coaches, the minority coaches in the NFL. Um, I think... I think, um, unlike basketball, um, the NFL, like NFL players aren't really like moved to, uh, flex their power. I think that, um, what they, one way it would well, change. I, I would, would, I would, change. all right, really quick, I would disagree with you. I mean, look what's going on with Colin Kaepernick. I don't see anybody, yeah, but, I don't see anybody but, in the NBA. Right, right, but look, but look, in, in, in this way, in this way, right? Like, I mean, Colin Kaepernick is one person, right? And then after that, he's pretty much ostracized to the NFL. Like and that, uh, and I think that kind of scared players, right? But just this way, not not so much, not like not so much for like uh, making a stance, but just like I mean, look at LeBron James, look at these guys. Like, you know, if if NFL players maybe like you know when their contracts, um, you know, when they hit like free agency, if they were like, okay, I'm going to go to these teams, you know, maybe with minority coaches or where I mean, there's really only two right now. But you know what I mean? If they if they kind of they they could they could kind of um, control. Um, yeah, but here's but part. but here but here's the thing. This is where I disagree with this. I, you know, th- this is this is a league where there's a salary cap. Um, you know, players are it, it's it's the NFL, which means not for long, not just in the head coaching rings, but also for players. Um, your your tenure, your lifespan, playing football is not very long, especially if, let's say if you're a running back. Granted. Um, there's obviously there's there's positions like the quarterback position, long snapper that you have more longevity, but you you've got you you can't sit back and say, well, this team is offering me this amount of money, but they have a Caucasian head coach, so I'm not going to go there. I'm going to take less money and go to the Miami Dolphins because they have an African American head coach. When you don't know, you don't know how how, how many times you're gonna you're gonna be renewed for a new contract. And because this is such a grueling and brutal sport, you can't risk that. You've got to make as much money as possible when you can. So I, I understand your 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 th- your thought process, and and I, I appreciate it. I understand what you're saying. I just it's just not realistic because uh, your career is so, so short lived that players need to go for the money um, as soon as possible. Uh, let's let's you know, I, I just I want to sh- I'm, I'm sitting here uh, and just to kind of give you an idea where our studios are I'm sitting in the studios and I've got one two three I've got four TVs in front of me one TV is ESPN the other is ESPN two the other is the NFL Network and I see Michael Irving years ago so I used to host sports talk radio in Miami and and of course Michael Irving went to the University of Miami so he was in Miami a lot and I and, and I'm 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 quite friendly with him he'd come in and he would come into my studio and, and he would do like an hour with me sometimes when he'd be in the area 
And I'll never forget this. Michael Irving one time told me that NFL coaches are more powerful than the mafia. Quote, unquote, from Michael Irving. When I was in Miami, he said NFL coaches, the NFL, uh, not NFL coaches, NFL owners, sorry. He said NFL owners in that group of, of individuals are more powerful than the mafia. You're talking about some of the most wealthiest men in the world. And they, they police themselves. You know, there's no government coming in and telling the most wealthiest men in the world who own the 32 teams in the NFL, hey, you have to have a certain percentage of African-American uh, employment. Like, like they, you know, they, they, they live to a different set of standards that they create for themselves. What Jim Trotter was communicating was, was absolutely right. And I think what's sad about it is the only way that it's going to change, and I asked Jim, how, do, how does it change? And he said, I'm tired of being asked that question. Because it, it's, it, there's not, there's nothing that you or I or the Fritz Pollard Alliance or the Rooney Rule can do. The only way that it's going to change is if the 32 plus owners, because there's some that, there's other ownership, like for example, the Giants, you've got Tish and Mara, is if the owners decide, okay, you know, let's, and, the one comment, if you missed Jim Trotter, it was an excellent interview, and Jim Trotter said, the way that he kind of gave us the visual, you could, you could, you can make the dish, you could clean the table, but you can't sit and dine with us. And until African American coaches are are on that same level with the owners, where the owners are like, "Come on in, sit down, sit at our dinner table, let's break bread together," it's not going to change. It's the only way that it's going to change is if the mentality and the philosophy. Of the owners change, and 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 how how do we achieve that? I don't know. I don't have the answer. Let's go to Anthony in a car. Anthony, you're up. Hey, how you doing? Welcome. The uh, one of the things that I've seen, and I know nobody really wants to say because I don't want to say white or black or anything. But if you look at Justin Daniels, for example, right, he stopped playing Fresno State. He went right into coaching. So when he got his first coaching job, he had almost ten years' experience under his belt. Most people that are good and have the name recognition play a long-time career in the NFL. And obviously with the NFL being 85 90% black, they're playing longest. They come out, they don't have the total amount of experience. And I think that's a factor. Some of them play longer, they get more chances. You look at Toby Gerhardt, he was a beast at Stanford. He got, what, three years in the league as running back? Christian McCaffrey doesn't get all the credit that he deserves. There's really only one reason for it because he's he's not an, a minority running back. I think I I don't know I, I disagree with that. Um, Christian McCaffrey is just was his season this year was was really unbelievable. I think if if Carolina would have uh, won more games, um, I, I think I think all that he was able to do was would would be even more um, on the front burner. Um. Oh gosh, there was something. The caller said something, and I wanted I wanted to chime in on it, and and now it just escaped me. I'll go to another. Hopefully, it'll come back. Hate when that happens. Let's go to Jimmy in Staten Island. Jimmy, you're up. Hey Anita, how you doing? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, first thing, first things first. I want to say um, my condolences to uh, the other Jimmy from Rockland and his family. Thank you. Um, no problem. Um, but uh, as I was mentioning, before, as I mentioned to uh, the caller when I called in. 
um, I honestly think that, uh, yes, it's, it's really, it's, it's an unfortunate situation, um, that, uh, you know, it's, it, it can go both ways where, you know, you have, you know, the minority coaches that, um, that are qualified, but if you do, if you look at the list of minority coaches that are in the NCAA, a lot, I would say what there's two of them that have successful records over the last couple of years, which is, you know, uh, which is not, not to the point, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, you should go by what the qualified position is, you know, and who's the best coach out there. Um, and lastly, I want to say that uh, I also think that it's it comes down, I know you mentioned that, you know, what what can we do? I think that it comes down to the fans. I think that it comes down to, you know, all these callers that are calling and complaining about it, then, you know, those are the same fans that are, you know, reaching out and getting season tickets or, you know, we need to put our foot down. You understand the only way these owners can propel and the only way these owners can make money is off of us. So we need to have a stand. We need to come together and say, you know what, if, you know, we feel a certain type of way about, you know, our coaches, then we need to say, you know what, okay, let's stick together and let's not go to these games. Jimmy, I, Jimmy, I, I, I get it, but let's, 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 let's have a moment of reality here. Okay. You have teams in the NFL that have signed and are employing players that have been physically abusive to women and and they're in and fans are still buying tickets even and, and let's 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 call out a name and that's Kareem Hunt okay the Cle- everybody thought the Cleveland Browns were going to go to the playoffs some people thought the Cleveland Browns were going to win win the NFL the the uh, the Super Bowl this year this is the, the season season tickets were never as high for the Browns as the, in in the past decade but they went out and they employed Kareem Hunt. If you think for a second fans are going to boycott their teams because owners don't employ African American coaches or general managers when they are when when the Cleveland Browns are at an all time high in regard to marketing, sales, and ticket ticket sales, um, after they they signed Kareem Hunt, think again. Unfortunately, think again. And here's the point that I wanted to make. We were talking about Josh McDaniels. Don't forget, Josh McDaniels went to Denver, and Josh McDaniels drafted Tim Tebow. I I know we're marinating in a lot today. Can we just really marinate in that? Why is Josh McDaniels getting such love and such desire in the NFL? Because he's with the Patriots and because the Patriots have had such such success? Well, little, little known fact, okay? And that is... Bill Belichick and, and Tom Brady are there. And we sit here and we talk, well, will Tom, would Tom Brady be the greatest of all time without Bill, vice versa? It, and why are all these other coaches that come from New England so coveted? Because the Patriots have such immense success. I, I mean, let's face it. We use the word dynasty when we talk about that franchise. But there are coaches who go on who do not have success from the New England Patriots. But is 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 Josh McDaniels, who drafted Tim Tebow in Denver? Like I'm all for second chances, okay? But why each and every year is Josh McDaniels the hot commodity over an African American coach who, for sure, would not have made that decision? You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. As I said, we have uh, Nikki and Ty who are producing the show today. Guys, want to have some fun, talk about some of the futures bets folks could uh, dive into prior to kickoff at 4.30 this afternoon? 
Let's do it. Let's do yeah. it. Which, which Nothing by the, will make me happier. Which, by the way, you know, I, I give New York a hard time because they're just, they deserve it. Because they need to stop being 2000 and late. Just know that at 3 o'clock, I am going to have to race home so I can get all these bets in before the 440 kickoff. I wouldn't have to do that if gambling was legalized in New York. And so I know I give New York a hard time each and every week, uh, but there's a reason behind it. All, you know, for those that are in power, um, make this happen. I mean, this is just, this is just absolutely ridiculous. It's supposed to be the, the, the best city in, in the world and you can't gamble here. It's just, it's just dumb. All right. Highest scoring team out of the remaining eight, the highest scoring team this weekend. Kansas City plus 300. What does that mean? And again, just, you know, I don't mean to talk down anyone, but there's people out there who really have never gambled, don't really know about gambling. So what does 300 plus 300 means? It means if you lay $100 down, you're winning $300. So Kansas City plus 300, the Ravens plus 375, or the 49ers plus 450. Or maybe you think it's one of the teams that I didn't even mention. My money's on Kansas City. I think Kansas City puts a boatload of points up on the Tennessee Texans. So I'm going the highest scoring team this weekend, Kansas City Chiefs plus 300. What say you guys? Got to go with, well, you know what? The Chiefs might be the play this weekend because I was going to say the Ravens, mm-hmm. but it does concern me that. The weather? Not just the weather, but they've also essentially had the last three weeks off because they rested their starters. In you week think they're si- going to start slow? Week, week 17, had the bye last week. Mm-hmm. First playoff or second playoff game for Lamar Jackson. So I, I think you do got to go Kansas City. That's not th- those aren't bad odds either. Plus three hundred. Like I, I think this should be like plus one hundred, plus one fifty. It's plus three hundred. Nikki, um, I actually think I'm going to go with the Ravens. I have this good feeling in my stomach that Mark Ingram is going to walk out on that field feeling really energized and ready to go. I think when him and Lamar lock in together. I mean, you could tell they're just having the time of their life out there on the field. And this is going to be their first playoff game together. I think they're going to do big things. Okay, so this is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm writing down our, our, our choices here because we're all back tomorrow morning, right? 7 a.m. right here on 98.7 ESPN. So we can reconvene and we'll see uh, who was right and who was wrong. Um, Wait, so it's just for today's game? No, no, th- these are all the games. Well, so how are we going well, to... Well, I mean, we could sit back and say, okay, well, Nikki, you're going into this weekend like the Ravens play tonight. So we'll know how many points the Ravens put up. Sure. You know, we can have a discussion whether or not we think the Kansas City Chiefs will outdo the Ravens. Okay. Yeah. Um, lowest points scored this weekend. Vikings in Tennessee, plus 350. The Texans, plus 450. Seattle, plus 500. I'm going... <sighs> It's between the Vikings and the Tennessee Titans for me. I'm on the fence because I think both those defenses, uh, the 49ers defense and the Ravens defense, so good. Um, I'm going to go Tennessee. I think Tennessee is going to put the, 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 the lowest amount of points against the Baltimore Ravens at plus 350. Nikki? I agree with you. I'm going with Tennessee. You're going with Tennessee? Ty? Guess you got to go with the Titans. I mean, oh, we're all, we're all. Yeah, you got to go with the Titans. Ryan Tannehill at some point is going to come back down to earth, right? Well, I, here's the thing. I, I think, I, I, a few things. Number one, I don't think that um, Derrick Henry is going to put up 182 yards. And that's what I was just going to say. Like it wasn't 
Ryan Tannehill who beat the Pats last week. No, he was, only threw was, the ball. Fi- you know, he only threw the ball fifteen, 15 times. times. It was it. the Derrick Henry party who rushed for over a hundred yards in the first half. But I don't know if the Titans are going to be able to. And what they only score eighteen points last week. Yeah, most passing yards this weekend for any quarterback. Patrick Mahomes at one ten. Deshaun Watson at plus six fifty. Jimmy Garoppolo at plus eight hundred. Aaron Rodgers at plus 800 or Lamar Jackson at plus 1800. Those odds on Lamar Jackson are just dumb. I'm going Jimmy Garoppolo here. And a big reason why, weather. The best weather conditions are going to be in San Francisco today. Every, everywhere else, we just, we just heard from Warren Sharp. He said that it's supposed to be 35 mile per hour wind gusts, um, in Baltimore and Charm City. Uh, the Chiefs, they're playing tomorrow, but snow expected tonight. Packers, Packers, they're asking their fans to come and help shovel snow. So Jimmy Garoppolo, I, that's the San Francisco 49ers team. They've had two weeks to prepare. I love Kyle Shanahan. I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL and the best weather conditions. I'm going Jimmy G at plus 800. What quarterback do you think is going to put up the most passing yards? Just quick correction. The Titans put up 20 points last week. But uh, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. A lot of people are down on the Packers, 13-3, and three, not indicative of who they are they're overrated i think we're going to see rogers who right who understands that the window might be closing on his opportunity to get that second super bowl he's two wins away from getting to miami three way three wins away from doing you know getting that second title i'm going to go aaron Rodgers comes out big tomorrow at home different quarterback uh, is Aaron Rodgers? And I, I think they're gonna put up a bunch of points tomorrow on the Seahawks. I like that. I like it. I like it. Here's the only thing with Matt Lafleur. This this offense is different. Like they run the ball a lot, a lot. But like, how much? He's no of, longer a gunslinger but anymore. To me, I want to know how much of that had to do with them just trying to get through the grind of a, a 16 game regular season, knowing that Rodgers does have an injury history. You know, the last couple of years he's been hurt, so. I do wonder if we're going to see a different version of that Green Bay offensive attack starting tomorrow night. Interesting. Bo- and both of them are at plus 800 for the most passing yards this weekend. Nikki? Um, you know, originally I was going to say Mahomes. I have a really good feeling about him in the pit of my stomach. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like a lot of things are lining up well for San Francisco and Garoppolo. You know, the, like you had already mentioned, the weather. Minnesota's coming off of a short week, a lot of traveling. And, I mean, I don't know. It, it seems like a lot of things would be playing well in in uh, Garoppolo's favor. So that's a tough one. But I'm gonna go with my gut and go with Mahomes. Oh, well, you set. I already. I wrote. I wrote your name next to Jimmy G. Next to mine. Wow, you set me up. Woo, came it, man. Just when I thought Nikki was gonna go left, boy, she takes. She takes a hard right. Okay, so Nikki has Patrick Mahomes at plus one ten. I have Jimmy G. Um, at plus eight hundred, and it's not just because he's pretty. And uh, Ty has uh, Aaron Rodgers at plus eight hundred. Uh, most rushing yards this weekend. Derrick Henry against the Ravens, Lamar Jackson against the Titans, Dalvin Cook against the 49ers. You know where my money's on? Aaron Jones against the Seattle Seahawks at plus 700. That's who I'm riding. Who are you guys taking? See, I can't go Aaron Jones because I just went with Rodgers for the most passing yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess I've got to go with Derrick Henry. Okay. That's Fresh off of what he did last week, and I mean, you got to ride the hot hand, right? Yeah, I just think it's I just I just think the Ravens' defense is is night and day in regard to uh, the Patriots. No, 
Absolutely, but I'm, I'm looking at Dalvin Cook, and that 49ers defensive front really scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be able to take him away. What if, so. I mean, what about Lamar Jackson? If, if weather conditions are supposed to be this bad, and I mentioned uh, folks might not be aware, but uh, the Tennessee Titans lost to a really uh, important linebacker in J. Ron Brown. Um, and that, you, you need a good li- you need a, not a good you need a great linebacking core in order to contain Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson could be a sneaky good play for the most rushing yards at plus five fifty. Nikki, who are you taking? Mm, that's such a hard one, but I do think I'm also going to go with Derrick Henry. Uh, I think he's just on fire right now. Okay. Honestly, I think he's going to be their main guy. All right, um, here we go. Who do you guys have winning the Super Bowl? <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. Woo! What, the Green what? Bay Packers. Are you serious? I talked about it when I mentioned who's going to lead this weekend in passing yards. I think Rodgers finally gets it done. Age 36, window closing. You never know when you're going to get back. You never know when you're going to get back. This is the best defense he's had since 2010 when they won the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, this is the first time they're back in the divisional round since 2016 uh, when they beat the Cowboys in uh, in Dallas. I really do think... This is his best chance post-Super Bowl to get it done. So with that being said, who's your Super Bowl MVP? Is it you think Aaron, oh, Aaron yeah. Rodgers wins? So so you're going Green Bay Packers. I think we're going to see vintage Aaron Rodgers the next three games. And you're going Aaron Rodgers MVP. Interesting. Nikki, who do you have? This is the year of the Ravens. It's It's been their season every single week. I mean, there's without a doubt you've got to go Ravens this okay. year. Okay, so the Ravens to win the Super Bowl is at plus 200. And are, are we in agreement here that if they do win, it's Lamar Jackson wins the MVP? Absolutely. Yeah, and Lamar Jackson MVP is uh, is plus 250. And that that's where my money is right now. I've got the Ravens winning the Super Bowl at plus 200. And I have Lamar Jackson winning the Super Bowl MVP at, at plus 250. By the way, trivia question. When was the last time a Super Bowl MVP won the MVP of the league? Do you know? You know who that was? What quarterback that was? Uh, won the MVP of the league. One, when was the last time we had a Super Bowl MVP the same year he was the league MVP? Shocking. It's a great question. I don't know. Well, maybe this is, maybe, maybe this is what we should have used for Stump Rothenberg. Oh. I think I'm he's sure. not listening. Maybe I have a, we'll I have a, because they keep losing. Matt Ryan won it in 16, but then they blew the 28 to 3 lead. I have a, I have a feeling, I have a feeling that Rothenberg, I have a feeling Dave would know this. Brady won it in 17, but they lost to the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a tough one. He's got very small hands, and he used to play for the Giants. <laughs> Eli Manning took over his position. Kurt Warner. Yes. Last time that the league had a Super Bowl MVP who won MVP of the league, it was Kurt Warner, but he was playing for the Rams, not the Giants. Just FYI. And uh, let's end on this. This is a fun one. Last but not least, um, the game that you think more than likely is going to go into overtime, Minnesota and San Francisco today, you can get that at plus 1,050 or Seattle and Green Bay. That's a yes at 1,000. What you could you could you could gamble right now. If you think that one of these teams or both these teams are going to go into overtime today, if you ha- would you bet both of them would go into overtime or is there one that you're leaning more would go into overtime? I'm going Seattle and Green Bay. I think more than likely that is the game that more than likely will go over in overtime and you could lay it's it's plus 1000. 
But the last time these two teams met in the playoffs, it went to overtime. Mm-hmm. 2014, the Brandon Bostic game. So I think I'm going to I'm I'm throw a little coin on that, no? I agree. I think that if you're going to, that's that's the game. That's a that's a that's a fun little little yeah. side prop bet there. Yeah, right? we've been down talking Minnesota like all day. I know so that would be <laughs> it would be shocking if we said that went to overtime. Seattle and Green Bay again. Uh, will they go into overtime? You can get that at plus one thousand. We come back. We'll end the show strong. You're listening to Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven ESPN.